Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I work as the program manager here at Upside Down, and I will be your regular host on this podcast. We started this so that we could do deep dives and elaborate on really anything that goes on here, whether that's through the coffee shop, through the art gallery, community events, or Jewish holiday events, events around Jewish life, what have you. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in today, wherever you're at, driving, walking, wherever you are. We hope you just have a really great day and enjoy listening. So thank you. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Well, hey, Sarah. Hi, Kyle. How's it going? <laughs> going good. How are you? Doing well. It's a busy day here in the cafe, but mm-hmm. thankfully we have quite a few people working behind the bar, so it seems like seems like it's good. Yeah, manageable. Manageable. I figured we'd just dive in because yeah. that makes it easier, it. more casual. Um, cool. Well, on our last episode, we talked about choice anxiety and about the process of making choices being difficult when you have so many options and it not necessarily actually leading to a sense of like deeper meaning having more options and that sometimes submitting to like the flow of life is a good thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) and Isaac shared the experience of a butterfly going through a cocoon and um essentially turning into like caterpillar goo and then coming out a butterfly on the other side. And like the caterpillar never has to decide about its transformation. It just does it. Mm -hmm. And while we're not talking about how it was entering your chrysalis and coming out the other (laughs) side, knowing what you're going to do outside of Uh upside down, um, I thought it would be fun to interview you because you worked here and you made some decisions and then decided it was time to move on Mm -hmm. and pursue the next thing. So yeah. So first of all, if you've never met Sarah, Sarah's awesome. She was our barista for all of last year and during a lot of the pandemic. And she is a UCLA student. Mm-hmm. And why don't you just introduce yourself, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and kind of what's going on. Yeah. Um, well, my name is Sarah and <laughs> I am a third year here at UCLA. I'm studying communications with a minor in entrepreneurship. And I have always loved the food service industry growing up. Um, I worked at a French restaurant, a pizza shop. Um, oh, I didn't know you worked at a French restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Did um, you learn like any cool French food stuffs? <laughs> I had cold soup for the first time at the French restaurant. Cold soup? Yeah. I didn't know they had cold soup. Yeah, apparently that's like how it's supposed to be served. The first time I tried it, I was like, uh, you forgot to heat up my <laughs> soup. And then Whoa. there were like little leaves sprinkled on it. And I was like delicacy <laughs> All right. um yes and then um it just followed me to college and part of it was I loved having free food <laughs> like right um I do run a food blog so you know I love I was to gonna eat. say right g- yeah give that a plug what's it called it's called eat sarah e-a-t dot s-a-r on instagram eat and sarah. okay like cool. I've had it since 2017 so food has always been a big part of my oh, life wow. Yeah, it's how I like share my culture and how I bond over people. Like, so it's always like, do you want to go out for lunch or do you want to grab coffee? Like, right. that's 
what I associate with meeting new people, meeting new friends. And I've met so many new people here upside down, like not just um, the people behind the bar, but also so many regulars that have now become my closest friends. So um, I guess we can get into it a little later, but that's why it was so hard for me to be like, <laughs> do I really want to give this all up? But it wasn't so black and white as I found later. Right, of course. Yeah, nothing ever is. So yeah, I guess coming into... Everyone comes to UCLA with a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has a dream, either sports or a major or something. What was your, you know, what what brought you here? Yeah. Um, well, I came to UCLA and immediately I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone here is so smart and so hardworking. Mm-hmm. Like I really need to catch up. And so that first year was a lot of figuring that out. My parents are in business. So that was the first like thing that I chose to pursue and they're very competitive clubs to get into and I will be straight up and I'm like I got rejected from almost all of them I applied to and that was a so huge you have to apply to clubs yeah you oh. have to apply interview final round and what really got me was a math I cannot do mental math for my life and I was like okay you got me there whoa wait for so like what kind of club are we talking about like, like- consulting clubs oh. yeah so they actually like case you like an actual so they, they're testing you to see how do you think on your feet Mm-hmm. can you do this math in the in the moment yeah whoa yeah okay yeah so that didn't go so hot and I had attached my whole identity to like who I was going to be professionally and how well I was going to succeed in college because everything in high school is like what college are you going to get into and right. then everything in college is like what job are you going to get and so mm. when that didn't work out it felt like all the doors had closed and I was like well I'll just go back to what I know like I enjoy customer service I like working with food. I like meeting new people. So then I got a job, um, at Anderson cafe on campus. Um, and that was at the vice of Grace Eaton, who is a barista. Yeah. I met her through crew, like one of our fellowships. And she was like, Hey, you've got extra time, like go work on campus. And so I did, um, worked there for a little bit before the pandemic and then came to work here. And through that learning experience, I kind of learned that like my self-worth and identity cannot be contingent on things like other students admitting me into a super exclusive club and or getting like, approved into yeah. something. So for those who are listening, Grace was also a barista here the year before. And she, when she was leaving said, I found my perfect replacement. And that was Sarah. So <laughs> that makes Grace. sense. So you guys worked together at a different cafe before this and then came over here. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. The parallel between getting into UCLA and then also getting into clubs I feel like a lot of being young is doing all the right things so that you send out all these applications and get told you're good and Mm -hmm. we want you here. And that's such a like identity wrenching process. Yeah. (laughs) Are you good enough to be in this thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the funny thing is, is the and I was thinking about this in terms of twice anxiety. The reality is you can only really do one thing at a time so Mm -hmm. that, you know, you could apply to 10 colleges, get a 4.8 GPA, but you can only go to UCLA, mm-hmm. even if you got into all of them. Right. So even then you'd have to choose. Yeah. And they're um, all good options. Yeah. yeah. So, so that kind of process though, makes it so that there's a really big benefit to getting it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's where the, the consequence comes in of like, oh, I better choose right. Because if I don't get it right the first time, then I'm going to have to do this whole thing over mm-hmm. again. Which sounds like maybe is kind of a good thing that that was your experience that you you were like okay I didn't get into the clubs <laughs> so therefore we gotta we gotta figure this out again mm-hmm. yeah so what happened next you 
You came here. Yeah. I mean, I came here and it was the pandemic. And right. so I felt this was not in my plan at all. Like I can, I have a certain margin of error that I have in my like college plan. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this doesn't go right. right. I'll stay here for a while. And the pandemic completely just like blew that out of the water. And it was like, no, yeah. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. So in that sense, I kind of felt like my sense of control was completely lost because I didn't even have the power to like, choose this one thing or look back and be like, oh, how could I have done this differently? I really had no choice here. Like mm-hmm. I then had to adjust really quickly to see like how I could succeed and do all the right things in such like what felt like such a wrong situation. Mm-hmm. And so luckily I like got to do a lot of online clubs um, and do all my classes online. And so that freed me up to work at Upside Down and hang out with people who were in Westwood during the pandemic. And because my schedule was so flexible, like I had the flexibility to Mm -hmm. do all these things and meet all these new people. So the pandemic experience was not a like, okay, I factored in this amount of margin of error. It was, this is, this is now a whole new ball game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Does it feel like now that things are not necessarily back to normal, but things are, activity is happening again there's kind of a new chance to like rekindle some of that Mm -hmm. I guess yeah it's a little overwhelming I guess like how many things we can do now Mm -hmm. like once everything opened up I was like what do I do do I go to the beach like do I (laughs) go travel Um, yeah now I have all these options what do I do yeah and there's that pressure to kind of make the most out of what limited time you have because during the pandemic, we were all in the same boat, right? Like there's no way I could have fear of missing out on like going Mm. to Italy or going to Hawaii because no one was doing that. Everyone was sitting at home like on TikTok, right? And now it's like, we have to make up for that lost time. Like what can I do to pack my schedule as full as I can to cram like two years of lost college experience into one? Into one, right. Because when do you graduate? Um, I graduate, see, that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> well, I'm done with all my class requirements in fall, but like I was kind of saying, I only have so much time left and I was like, wow, it's really nice to be a student. I don't really want to be an adult yeah. yet. So that might change. <laughs> okay. So how did you go about that process? Because I know that you, you did end up making some decisions and mm-hmm. that's why you decided to move on from Upside Down at, at this time so that you had the time to do those mm-hmm. other things. So how did you go from, oh my gosh, I have this amount of time in college left. I want to make the most of my time. The pandemic has already taken a lot of the time to, mm-hmm. I think this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to like limit some of those options? Did you think back to, okay, when I came here, this is what I was wanting to do. And now I finally can mm-hmm. anything like that. Or hmm. I think the pandemic made me a very risk averse person hmm. and it made me really put safety and security at the top of my priority list. And so to me, upside down had become somewhere that was safe and secure and stable. And I knew I could always come into work and like count on seeing certain friendly places and like seeing the same regulars. And a lot of my friends would come in. Um, and it was also like a steady source of income, right? Like I knew mm-hmm. I could like, cover the bills and the thought had really never crossed my mind because I was like I have a good thing why let it go and so that was the hardest thing for me to get over when I decided um, that was time to try something new because 
I thought it was like an either or. Like either I can mm. hold on to all my good times at Upside Down or like I have to like completely cut it out of my life. And mm. then what ultimately pushed me to make this decision was that like I can kind of have the best of both worlds because everyone here is so gracious and so kind and like I live two minutes away, right? Like it's not like yeah, like it's I'll never like see no anybody. No longer again. allowed here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like good things can come to an end sometimes, and that's like okay. Like I've mm-hmm. had, I had a great high school experience. Do I want to be in high school forever? Like Ooh, that's a good point. No, 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 <laughs> no. And like upside down is so much better than sweaty high school hallways but like yeah no I I think when I was deciding what to do with this time remaining what I did first was look at like different points in my life that I see in the future so like post-grad grad school job and I asked myself where do I want to be and what do I have to do now to get there so I'll mm. budget my time to try to move myself there and then with the remaining time I can do the fun stuff that I wanted to do and go from there. And yeah. a lot of it, as I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, I want to go to law school. It's something that I found mm-hmm. that was in the books for me, maybe. Um, and I want to travel a little bit. Uh, I've always loved to travel. And so I want to study abroad. I applied just recently to oh, go good. abroad for the winter. Where did you apply to? Um, I applied to London. Um, so cool. That will be fun if I'm accepted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with all these choices, I feel like even though they're not human beings that can choose you back, like they kind of do. Like you choose UCLA, but UCLA also has to choose you in the admissions mm. process, right? And like it's completely out of my control for these two things to line up. And if they do, then like, oh, okay, like an opportunity has arisen and I will go where the wind calls me. Wow. I That's a really... I really like that the way you put it of like it has to choose you back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like just thinking through, do you think that bringing this into like the choice anxiety stuff again, I could see something that makes it hard to move forward being like a fear of rejection Mm -hmm. because it's not just being good enough. It's like literally being chosen. Right. (laughs) And really anything it's set up so that so many little things can trigger that whether it's even, you know, there could be a random reason why you don't get chosen to go to London. Mm-hmm. But I imagine it it feels like, well, I'm putting myself out there if this is meant to be. Mm-hmm. We were talking about ideas to test out our hypothesis about <laughs> is choice anxiety something uh-huh. that students struggle with? And we did this event called Make last week mm-hmm. that had all these little crafting stations and people could, you know, build like an index card tower or they could build a Lego car that had an index card that like made it sail when you put it in front of a fan. Um, or instead of doing a guided activity, they could go to this free to play table um, and just have all of these different materials and build whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I kind of expected that the free play table would not be very popular because mm-hmm. people would want to do the guided thing. But the free play table was a smash hit wow (laughs) (laughs) and it made me realize i don't think options are the issue it's um it's what happens when you choose the wrong option Mm -hmm. right and when you build a little thing out of like someone made a little clay face sculpture someone made like a little drawing and little i don't know cut out of 
construction paper and there's no consequence with that right there's no wrong right. mm-hmm. but if you choose wrong then meaning you choose something you go for it and then it doesn't come to fruition or they don't choose you back mm-hmm. or something like that um how do you make sense of that when you are in some place like UCLA that is expensive and there is a consequence to it mm. do you think whether or not maybe I don't know people have a religious belief or they have some kind of worldview do you think a common way of reconciling that is like everything happens for a reason mm. or like it wasn't meant to be you know just to go sorry going yeah. deep now <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah. um I've been thinking about that. Does everything happen for a reason? And to be honest, like, I don't know, but Hmm. I can't control what happens. I can only control how I react to it. Hmm. And I think that in every situation I've been in, like there's always been some benefit out of it. And if Hmm. I go into it with that mindset, like then I can produce a reason, right? Like I can make something out of it, make meaning out of what has happened, good or bad. Hmm. And you were kind of talking about what I felt like my mental process was when uh-huh. I choose like free play versus structure. Right. Like what are the consequences of this choice? And I tend to go for free play when the consequences are very low and go for structure when the stakes are really high. And um, right. I think regardless sense, of yeah. what happens, right? Like as I was saying, something having to choose you back, like, the chances of everything lining up perfectly is so like small and out of my control that I feel like it's taken away some of the burden of me, like having to make the right choice all the time because Mm. I could make all the right choices and not have it like reciprocate, right? Nothing come out of fruition. Because it's not all up to you at the end of the day. Yeah. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not meant to be. And like, I happen to like believe in a God who is like omnipresent, all knowing, all powerful. And for me, like that kind of has been the main source of comfort and relief in those mm. times when I feel like, dang, I made the wrong decision. Right. Like there are no wrong decisions. Ultimately, I've come to like realize like you might be set back a little bit, hmm. but it's not like you're set back. You're like taking a detour and you're just yeah. like different part of the path taking a different something. path yeah. and you meet different people and that's okay so it does feel like a choose your own adventure book sometimes <laughs> there's no like right. falling life choose your own adventure. right yeah there's no oh your story ends like right now it just goes yeah. a different way which is what way. yeah that's the 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 consequences in reality are oftentimes less story stopping than they seem before you make it progress before you turn the page right yeah yeah it's like oh if i turn this page and it's the wrong page it's like this is the end of the book (laughs) yeah and i've really learned that with like my mom i'm very close to her and i always go to her whenever i'm trying to make a big decision and lately what's really frustrated me is that she stopped telling me what she thinks like she's she's like well here are the facts and here's what you've told me you feel. What do you think you should do? And I just like, Whoa. like mom, like, I don't care what Go I Go your mom. <laughs> I know. I've been really, it's a push and pull. And yeah, then that's cool. like after I make the decision, she's like, yeah, I thought you would. And I'm like, okay, that's easy for you to say. Yeah. Now looking back, why didn't you tell me that? And she was like, well, if you were meant to do it, then you would have like come to that decision on your own. And mm. she just like, this has happened over and over again so many times. And like, there's no way it's a coincidence that every decision happens to work out 
I like what you said about like, I choose free play if the consequences are low and I choose what that makes total sense. It's kind of like, yeah, study abroad, um, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I guess there are some consequences with that and that you don't get to see the other places, but it's not necessarily going to like alter your future in a way that is negative. So -hmm. therefore like follow your heart. Right. Yeah. But in the category of how do I prep for law school? or something like that, that has a very structured path. It's like, okay, you need to get a guide, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. <laughs> free play is exactly. like, I can do, because right. it, yeah, we tend to, we tend to pit these wisdom concepts of like, should you follow your heart or should you like seek counsel or these other things against mm-hmm. each other? And maybe it's just different contexts. Like what you want to have for lunch, follow your heart, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want a cheeseburger? I mean, maybe there's reasons down the road to not eat that cheeseburger, <laughs> but like go for it. Whereas, yeah, prepping to how to take the MCAT, like probably good to talk to people who have done that before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And I think upside down is just such a great illustration of this because it's like, pick what you pay. The consequences hmm. of picking a drink you don't like are very low. Hmm. Like if I were going to a fancy LA coffee shop and the drink was $8, I'm going to take a long time looking at that menu. But if I'm going upside down and the barista is like, Hey, do you want to try like the cafe Hafouk? I'm like, sure. Yeah, 50 cents. Because <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like, I yeah. feel like the burden lifts, like, when I have less consequences. And I'm trying to work towards, like, allowing that spontaneity and that flexibility and freedom in my life, even when the consequences are a little higher. And so I would say, mm. like, deciding to move on to upside down was a huge consequence for me because I was like, oh, well, I'm letting go of something that has been like a norm in my life for the past year and a half and letting go of a source of income and like just letting myself free fall into that and see like how things will work out. And it's been a couple of weeks and things are working out and like, good. Yeah. I, it was a huge risk for me that I like (laughs) struggled over for a while because I've gotten so attached to that sense of like security, but I like with high risk comes high reward. Right. Yeah. It makes me think a good or like kind of what I hear you saying and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So tell me if this is kind of along the lines is like while the consequences could be high, they could be low, whether things happen for a reason or not, like the, the worst place to be was simply not turning the page in the story. So Mm -hmm. it's like developing that discipline of being able to say, regardless, it's time to, make a make a next step I think so yeah otherwise you're like going to a coffee shop and just never ordering getting vanilla latte (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're just never you're just standing there like should I get a vanilla latte or a cafe hafouk kind of you don't ever order yeah I think I initially was thinking of it as like if I don't do anything I'm not losing anything but then I was like if I don't do anything I'm losing out on an opportunity that could potentially happen right yes yeah, that that's like the college experience, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like if I yeah. don't go, I'll never have to do papers and get grades. If I exactly. do go, there's a lot of work, but it might lead to opportunities. And right. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing all this, Sarah. Um, your story is a really fun one to dive into and just hear <laughs> about what's next. Yeah. And we are all going to be rooting for you to get into law school. And, <laughs> um, 
we always joke that since you're in student government, like you're going to be the next president. Oh. So um, I don't know if you want to be president, <laughs> but yeah. Maybe I'll think about it. Oh, spoken like a true politician. So <laughs> keeping the options open. But I do have a, as we close, like a mm-hmm. funny parting question. So given, given what we talked about, why do you think it is that, uh, cause you're joking about like, yeah, if the, if I'm going to order an $8 latte, I might take a while to decide. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of life, the like meal decision is not a big one. Mm-hmm. But when I think about choice anxiety, the first things that always comes to mind <laughs> is ordering like your lunch yes. or what to order at a restaurant. And yes. you're a foodie and you yeah. like food. So why do you think it is that given the consequences are fairly low? I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe there's a way of looking at it. Why do you think it's so hard to decide what we want <laughs> at restaurants? Oh, man. I think food really just makes or breaks the experience. Hmm. And so for me, I'm like, what am I prioritizing here? Like, do I want something fast? Do I want something that looks good for the Instagram? Do I want something (laughs) that tastes good? Do I want to be healthy here? Like I'm putting this food into my body, but I also am putting it on Instagram. Like all these conflicting things that come out when I'm ordering. And then like, I feel like I always ask the person there for a recommendation and then I'm looking on Yelp. So so many other people's opinions are coming in and then you just have so many things to consider. And then that anxiety, as you walk up to the counter, you're like, I've run out of time. (laughs) So I think it's just a microcosm of life ordering at restaurants of like all the factors that you have to take into account. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And food just like personally for me, it just like is entire mood changer. Like if it's a good meal, I'm good for the rest of the day. Whoa. So like it better be a good meal. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. There's almost like a third. I mean, there's probably lots of dimensions, but that's like a, a third dimension to what we were saying. Instead of simply like high risk, high consequence or high reward. It's also like how many facets of my life does this decision touch? Yeah. And food is like, what does this say about me that I would choose something healthy or unhealthy? Yeah. What is it? Is this like a popular dish is this the best thing at the restaurant is this it it touches so many areas of anxiety (laughs) Uh absolutely and like for no reason like you (laughs) eat three meals a day like (laughs) yeah you're gonna you could come back tomorrow but no one does that it's like oh i guess i could drive out here and go to this coffee shop again tomorrow and just keep coming back until i've tried everything on the menu and then i feel good about it Mm. but I, in reality, we don't do that. So it, it's like, okay, I better get it right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just an overwhelming amount of options. Because yeah. first you had to choose. The, well, oh my gosh. Every time I'm like, where do you want to go eat? First, we got to do the cuisine. Then we got to right. do the time. Then we got to do the location. And then we got to find a restaurant, pick what we want to eat. And like, what table we want to sit out? Right. Which one has the views? Which one has the views? That's great. And also, I mean, you spoke about opportunity costs of the future. If I get my favorite thing this time, and I find that this is the best right. thing. Think of all the future meals I could have enjoying that same thing. Exactly. Like I could have my favorite drink at this coffee shop 10 times in the future versus I just ruined my next 10 experiences <laughs> because I don't, I, I keep know. on choosing the wrong thing. Yeah. And like, if you know, you've got a safe option that you like, right. Do you want to try something and risk like wasting a delicious meal? Food, the yeah. great, the great experiment of life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, cool. Well, um, anything, I guess, since this is also like a, a barista shout out to you, oh. I just want to kind of leave it open. <laughs> is there anything you would like to share 
with us, with the Upside Down community or anything you'd like to say? I mean, I just want to thank the Upside Down community so much for like these past few years. Like it has been one of the most pivotal things that I've done in my life because like it gave me a sense of normalcy in a time that was completely out of the ordinary. And I've never met so many of my favorite people in such a short amount of time. And I never would have thought I'd be working at this coffee shop, let alone like be at UCLA or like be in the state of California, like for college. So at the end of the day, like, although choice anxiety is very real, like you'll end up where you're meant to be. And like me being here for the time I was here is testament to that. Um, And I couldn't have asked for a better experience and I wouldn't have been able to choose it myself if it was all really up to me. So Mm. yeah, just want to like shout out this community, (laughs) like one of the best choices I've ever made. Well, thank you, Sarah. You know, we all love you here so much and we're so excited for the next chapter for you. And yeah, if you are interested in hearing more about this we have other episodes on our podcast about choice anxiety we're also doing some experiments in the cafe about it and there's some events coming up that you can tune into and you can always find us here from nine to three on tuesday through thursday and hopefully more in the future so thanks sarah and thanks for listening thanks for having me kyle